Good morning, everybody. How about that first service with Miles preaching, huh? Man, that's that next generation's looking pretty good, I think. I don't know. That's, uh, I was super encouraged with that. So, so we're gonna we're gonna get started here at the end. We're gonna break up into small groups. Okay. So when we do that, we we want to have a, a place. We want to have like men's groups, okay? We want to have ladies groups, but then we want to have couples groups too. I know if Christine and I were visiting a church and they said, okay, we're going to take your wife and she's going to go over here and you're going to go. I mean, like, ah, I think we want to stay together. I, th I think that would be my natural tendency. So we want to have couples, a couples group and we want to have ladies groups and men's groups. Um, now, last week, last time we met in small groups, Christine was with the ladies groups and I was with the couples group. And so, so if you're single and you want to go to the couples group, well, go ahead. That's, that's fine. And if you're married and you want to, like, you've had enough this week, like, like you want to like, oh no, Christine, please go to the ladies group. Like, like if that, like, that's fine too. So it's not meant to be limiting. It's just meant to be enabling, right? So that you can go whatever. But anyway, when we break up, we want to have a couples group, and Scott and Marla can 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 right can run that group, and maybe maybe you guys can meet like up here, okay? So we'll do couples groups up here, and that group may need to divide into two. Just whatever you whatever happens there, that's fine. And we'll do a men's group, and the men's group can be back there, okay? And then the men's group will certainly, it looks like, need to divide up. But you guys can divide up as as a group, and then we can do a ladies group back there because we're Baptists. We'll put the ladies in the back. I'm just kidding. That's the front of the room there. So ladies in the front, right? Right where Phyllis is there and, and Shelly. So, so then, and then if, if, if it's too big and it's not a small group, we'll just divide up into, that's fine. And, and Tim can kind of direct what happens with the men's group back there. And, and uh, maybe Shelly, I don't know who's, who's going to be in charge of the ladies group back there. Um, okay. So Shelly, if you need to divide up in other groups, you can all, you can all do that. So does that make sense? Not trying to be limiting. Now, men, you, you don't don't go to the ladies group. Like we're not like we're not that woke. You're a dude, you're in the men's group. Okay, so just saying that. Okay. But uh so anyway, I just I just want to say that up front. So we'll do a couples group here, ladies group there, men's group there, and then once you get there, if it's too big, they'll We'll divide up into other groups, but we really do want to do, like Gail was saying, we want to do what you can't do by yourself, believer, Lone Ranger Christian first. No, no, no. You're, it's meant to be relational, but at the same time, we want to do what you can't do just sitting there in main service. So we can do that as small groups together, and that kind of fits in with what we're talking about now. We're talking about fellowship. We're going to start a new series this week on fellowship and we're, we're coming off our vision update 
and the things that we're trusting God for, and it flows right into fellowship. We are a fellowship. We're the living well class. We're one of our Sunday fellowships at Midtown. Well, what's that mean? And everyone's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like we meet at 10:45 for a while, and well, let's let's figure that out. We're going to get God's understanding of, of fellowship here. So, so let's pray, and and then what we're going to do is you're going to want to turn in your Bibles to. First John, okay, not, not the Gospel of John, but the first epistle of First John. So let's pray together and just ask God for his help. Father, we love you, and, and, and we do want to lift up our brothers, Frankie and Joe, who are in service, but they're not here, and God, they're leaving the mission, but what we want that to mean is that they're leaving the City Union mission, not that they're leaving the mission that you gave us as a church. And so God, we're not making accusations against them. It's just, we love them. And they're, they're in a time of transition. And, it, you know, we've seen, we've seen people struggle during times of transition when there's less accountability and less structure. And all of a sudden there's, there's more attack and people can get blindsided. So we just pray for our brothers. Father, protect them, keep them. Would you draw them to yourself in a way, God, that's more powerful than, than the, the drawing away of the world? Uh, would you, we, we want to disciple and have fellowship with them. So we ask that. Lord, for this series, have your way. Open our eyes this morning to the things of your word by your spirit. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so by way of introduction, you should have a handout. You ought to have a Bible. And then <clears throat> if we read through the introduction, here's what we read. The world offers us joy and friendship, but never follows through. We are subtly promised a deeper and spiritual experience and relationships through buying a Big Mac and a Coke or by getting on Facebook. Let me show you an example. We have, we have hopefully this will work. We've got a YouTube video up here. This is a McDonald's commercial. Just watch this and look at how they're, they're selling joy to us. Go, can you make that full screen? Okay. So that's just one example. McDonald's says, you know, their, their motto is, I'm loving it. And this was 24 gifts of joy. So on March 24th, they did they gave 24 gifts of joy in 24 different cities around the world. And, and this had 4,382,088 views on, on that particular video. And what McDonald's said, that what they're trying to do is they're trying to establish relate like, like memories. So there, this thing, like you look at that and you watch that video and you see the people jumping into the giant McDonald's coffee cup and you see them and there's all these delightful surprises. And then, and then what they're doing is they're trying to associate their product with joy. It's called joy marketing. Okay, so it's a thing. You can, you can look up joy marketing. It started when ConAgra, a big company that, that's, that, that, that's, well, just a big company, 
but they they hired a psychologist. Her name was Sonia Leobomirsky, and she did research for their marketing department. This is what she found. She found that 93% of Americans are on a quest to experience more joy in their life. And so um, ConAgra, which makes wet, uh, Ready Whip, whipped cream, they, 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 their marketing campaign was unleash the joy. So they're associating whipped cream with joy, which, okay, I mean, that's kind of like, we all like whipped cream, right? McDonald's, I'm loving it. Johnny Walker, they make whiskey. Their motto is joy will take you farther. <laughs> Coca-Cola, they're, they're really good at it. They're, they, they have all these commercials which elicit like some homey, like the polar bears drinking Coke on Christmas. And it's just, they're trying to create this association between their product and joy. I'd like to buy the world of Coke. I was taking notes this morning and I looked at the pen I'm using. It's Ink Joy. It's a paper mate Ink Joy pen. Okay, so, so the world is marketing joy to us and and the whole key okay the whole key is they're trying to get you to feel some sort of deeper or spiritual connection that you associate with their product facebook you can have a thousand friends on facebook and not actually have any friends people have never been lonelier you can have a thousand friends in the middle of a million person city and be very lonely. Anybody? Yeah, right. Okay, how can that be? How can I have a, well, because it's not really friends. It's just Facebook is selling that. They're calling it that. And the world offers us those things. Okay, now listen, true joy, True fellowship, that is available. It is something that's very deep. It is something that's very spiritual, but it can't be founded in boxes or bottles or apps under the sun, which is where everybody's looking for it. So, so my offer to you is to tune into this series to get God's offer, to get fellowship and the full joy that comes with it. And this is our introduction to this passage. So just get eyes on it. And let's read 1 John chapter 1. We got four verses this morning that we're going to cover, and then you're going to talk about in your small group. So make sure you're writing down the things that the Holy Spirit brings to your mind or questions you have during my teaching time. This is what we read. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Verse 2. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also might have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And then verse 4, and these things write we unto you, that your joy 
might be full. And so our outline this morning is really simple. It's Jesus, John, and joy. So Jesus, we're going to be talking about Jesus in our first two verses here. Okay, and what we see, okay, that which was from the beginning. Okay, so, so John doesn't start his epistle with, uh, you know, the fishermen fishing at the Sea of Galilee, or even Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee. He doesn't start with a pregnant lady in the story of a genealogy. It doesn't start from a very humanistic standpoint, as if it was just another day or another activity. No, it starts with eternity past, that which was from the beginning. And John's, the, the Gospel of John really kind of starts that way too. Turn, turn real quick with me to the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke. If we look in John chapter 1, it sounds awfully familiar. It sounds an awful lot like 1 John. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was, the, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So, so in the beginning with God, before creation, there he was. That's who we're talking about. We're starting with something that is extra-worldly, something spiritual, something eternal. Look at verse 9. That was the true light, with light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh. The word was made flesh. What, what in the world? And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. Hey, I've been talking about this. This is a guy I've been telling you guys about. That's what John is saying, and this is what he said. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. That's a weird thing to say. Hey, guys, I've been telling you about this guy, and here he is, and he's, bef he, he's before me and after me and before me. Like, Okay, so what's the relationship of John the Baptist to Jesus? Who, who knows that? Yes. Okay, they're first cousins. All right, who was born first? John the Baptist. Okay, so I'm reading in the scripture, and I says, for he was before me, John the Baptist says. Oh, there's a contradiction in scripture. The Bible's not true. Right? How was Jesus before John if John was born before Jesus? Yeah, that's what that's what that's the whole point here. In the beginning, he who was with God, okay, before the earth existed, there was Jesus. Before you came. So the story doesn't start with humans. It starts with eternity past. It starts with the Lord. And and we can go on, but but just back in first John chapter four, and, and let's go to the next PowerPoint slide here, Scott. So when we when we start this passage, we see that eternity entered time space the heavenly became real and it became available to us on earth 
the word put on flesh, God became a man, eternal life entered death, light entered the darkness. I love that. We would be wise to have the biggest perspective as possible when we're sharing the things of the Lord. A lot of times it's really just like, hey, listen, why don't you come and see? Why don't you come? And, but, but we know it's, there's a whole lot more than just a service, isn't it? That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. Okay, so, so Jesus communicated the things of God to human ears. Okay, so eternity came, life came, the light came. God became a man so that he could speak, so that our ears could hear him. That which was from the beginning came and started talking and we were able to understand him. You know, the light came in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. There's really no hope of human earthly beings getting the things of heaven except heaven comes down and tells us. That's what, that's what Christ did for us. The verse continues, which we have seen with our eyes. Man. So John actually saw Jesus there walking and talking. He saw him with his eyes. That which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. And so I just want to examine these things just a little bit. So, so we have seen with our eyes. That, that kind of points to salvation. Okay, Isaiah chapter 45, look upon me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. In John chapter 3, you guys know this story. Turn with me to John chapter 3. Go, go back to the, the gospel of John. In John chapter 3, we have the, the Nicodemus, the ruler, okay, Nick at night. Jesus goes and they're having a conversation. And Jesus says in verse 12, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Here is God in the flesh speaking words to humanity. And he says, if you don't, if you don't believe the things I tell you about earth, how are you going to believe the things that I'm really here for to tell you things about heaven? No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. You see this theme? And he says in verse 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, ever, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, if you were to study out that Moses lifting up the serpent thing, you would go in your Bibles, you'd study that out, you'd, fi you'd find yourself in Numbers chapter 21, and, and, and you'd find that, that God's people were murmuring and complaining and speaking evil of God and of Moses, and so God sent fiery serpents among them. It's like the parent, the kid's throwing a fit, he's like, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> so there's fiery serpents among the people, and the people are like, ah, oh, we've sinned. We were talking bad about God himself. And okay, so we, would you take the snakes away? Did God take the snakes away? No, but he sent a solution. He, he told this to Moses. He said, hey, Moses, 
take a snake, make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole and lift it up. And anyone who's bit by a snake, if you look at the serpent that's lifted up, you shall be saved. If anyone will see that and look at it, they'll be saved. This is what he's talking about in John chapter 3. The most famous passage in all of scripture. Just like that serpent was lifted up, the son of man is lifted up. And you, if, if okay, are we bit, are we snake bit? Genesis chapter 3. Has, has the seed of the serpent bit the, the, yeah, we're all snake bit. And the solution is we need to look at the one who was lifted up. And that, that's what this is talking about. So when to, to see Jesus for who he is, to look upon him, that speaks to our salvation. Okay. Now, there's a difference between seeing him and looking upon him. Did you see that? Look, look, look back at 1 John chapter 1. That which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon. Okay? So I see everybody. Okay? I see everybody. But I'm going to look upon Scott. Like I'm, I'm looking upon him. And I'm like, man, he's got hairy arms. I am looking. If you had that as much... Oh, wait, me too. Like, like, okay, so there's a difference between seeing somebody and looking upon him, right? John, the apostle, he says, we saw him, we heard him, and we gazed upon him. We looked at him. We examined him. In fact, we handled him, hands-on. Jesus and Luke chapter 24, they're all doubting. He's like, hey, go ahead. Feel the scars. Look, handle me, he said. Okay, that speaks to our sanctification. So it, it, someone comes, you invite someone and they get saved. Okay, they see their need for a savior. They look to the Lord, look upon me and be saved. They do that. What's next in their life? What do you tell them? Okay, so, so you bring me to the fir first time I've been to church. I come with you guys. I see my need for a Savior. I get saved, and then I ask you this question. What do I do now? I, I don't know how to live. I know how not to live. I've been doing that for 50 years, but I don't know how to live now that I have this new life. What do I do, and what's your answer? Discipleship. Hey, it's time for you to start living out what is now true of you. Colossians 3.10 says, talks about putting off the old man and putting on the new man, which it says, which is created in the image of him that created him. That's, that's Colossians 3.10. You can look that up. What that's saying is you're going to start living like Christ. You're now a new creature in Christ. And now we kind of put off Chris and we start putting on Christ. And that process is called sanctification. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. What? Thy word is truth. And so to examine, okay, so, so Jesus is described as God in the flesh. He's also titled in this first verse. What, he's given a title. He's given a name. It says, which our hands have handled of the word of life. In your King James Bible, that W is capitalized. It's a title. It's a proper noun. 
That's a name given to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, my words are intended to communicate something. When you speak your words, you're, you're using your words to communicate something. Jesus is the word of life. He is the communication of God to humanity. The word of life. <clears throat> okay. So I, I got saved. I, I saw Christ as my Savior. Okay, I heard the truth. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word came, as many as received him. But, but now, now look, we have not the living word. We have the written word. Okay, so here's the question. This would tie in nicely with what Miles preached this morning. Have, have you handled the word of God? Is it in your hands right now? This morning, yesterday, did you handle the, not the living word, the written word of God? So if seeing speaks to your salvation and, and examining or looking upon describes your sanctification, I think that handling the word of life, again, we don't have Jesus in the flesh, but we have the word of God, amen? It's not a coincidence. It's not by accident that Jesus is called the word. Verse 2 kind of explains verse 1. For the life was manifested, we've seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Okay, so verse number 3. Okay, this, this is the section, which is John. So the first two verses, that's titled Jesus. In our simple outline, verse 3 is John. John says, that which we have seen, and heard, declare we unto you. Man, well, that's awesome. Thank you, John. John, John, he's not, he's telling us the things that he heard. Well, that's good. Okay, so first off, I would just say this. John is not coming up with some new thing. John isn't like, hey, I found a new study, you know, guide from, you know, whatever, publishing company. Hey, we've got some new ministry model. Hey, we've got some new thing. No, Jesus, John is simply restating truth. The Great Commission says, whatsoever things you have heard, this, wait, teaching them the things, oh, hang on. I'm getting my verses all mixed up. Matthew 28. Oh, I don't even know the Great Commission. I'm the missions pastor. Okay. I, I know the Great I know the Great um, Okay, I just want teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. That's the last part of the Great Commission. Hey, guys, the things that I've commanded you, take and teach. The, that's what John is doing to us. He, he says, the things that I've heard, I'm telling you. John is restating truth. And I'll tell you what, I'm so glad for that because I really don't want to trust in just some person who's making stuff up. But I, I know I can trust in the word of God. So I thank, John, I thank God for John's faithfulness to just simply take the things that he received and then pass those on to others. Amen. Okay, so then he says, these things that we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Why? Why would you do that, John? That ye also might have fellowship with us. And, and there's just a maybe 
not the main point, but I, I think we should learn from this point that John's motivation is outward. John is doing what he's doing for the sake of others. So he's already received stuff from the Lord. He spent time with the Lord. He's not needy. He's not going around trying to get affirmation from everybody, trying to get his emotional needs met. He's, he's good. He's been with the Lord. And now, because he's full, a living well that can now overflow, he's simply functioning outward. And this would be a good point for us. And, and, and this would be uh, maybe review for, for kind of what Scott covered last week a little bit. We all need to realize it's not about me. There's actually a function of fellowship that, that when I'm saved, I'm now part of the mission. And it may not even occur to me that the things that God is causing or allowing in my life are to the point of furthering the kingdom which means maybe in the future, this is what is actually going to bring others into the fellowship. And I don't know why I'm going through it. God's like, I, I know you don't know why, but there's a reason. See, Chris, there's a people group that's gonna need you to be able to identify and develop relationships with and bring them into the fellowship, but they're not gonna, you, you need to go through some stuff so that you can do that. And so you're going through stuff because I want to use you in a big way in the future. And I don't even know what's going on. I'm just like, oh God, it's so hard. Well, yes, I mean, but God's causing it or allowing it. Does that make sense? If we can just say, I recognize it's not all about me. Oh my goodness. I don't have to have answers for everything anymore. I just need to know I'm walking in the spirit. I'm trusting him. Okay, so anyway, that's just a little biblical life hack for you don't worry about why you're going through it just let's get prepared to make disciples and bring others in the fellowship amen okay so so um that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also might have fellowship with us so what is fellowship anyway hmm? brotherhood. brotherhood what else time time together so it's like doing stuff together. Huh? Two fellows in a ship. You don't have to ask if you have fellowship with someone if you're two guys in a ship. Like you're 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 working together, right? Okay, so so partnership or to have something in common to share together. So it's togetherness in terms of something like, like we have some things in common. We're, we're partners in some way. We're sharing the load somehow. So maybe we have things in common. I don't know. If you prayed for this class during the week, we have that in common. We have fellowship. Before we even showed up together, we've got fellowship together. If you were in the word this week we've got fellowship and like in other words what we have in common is what we have in common and fellowship is what it is and so you know we do have fellowship this is what john writes he says these things declare we unto thee to you that ye also may have fellowship with us 
join the fellowship. I'm telling you about this so you can be a part of it. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Okay, so, so there is a fellowship, and we are supposed to bring other people into the fellowship just like John did. These things I'm saying to you that you can come and join in the fellowship that we have. That's why Jesus came. That's why heaven came to earth and eternity entered time and God became a man and the word became flesh was so that he could speak God's truth so that human ears could see it. So he'd say, come on, come on, come and join. It's a whosoever will fellowship. Will you come and be part of heaven on earth? Will you come join this mission? It's why John wrote, what a gospel track. Come join the fellowship. Oh my goodness, it's an eternal thing. In my mind, okay, so, so this is one of those for what it's worth, my imagination. I see it like a tornado. Okay, you've seen a tornado and the funnel cloud comes down. What is that? Well, it's like this manifestation of something that's normally invisible. Normally, you don't see the wind. And, and, and you can feel the wind, but you don't see it. It's just like up there somewhere. It's a spiritual upward. But then that wind blows and that tornado comes and you can see that funnel cloud. You, you see the, okay, there's this thing coming down and, and tornadoes are, are bad. I had a house blown down by a tornado when I was a kid. Like, like I'm not saying I like tornadoes, but I'm saying it's this visible manifestation of something that you normally can't see. That's what this is describing. Hey, there's this heavenly, eternal, God, life, light thing that's foreign to human understanding and reality. But listen, it's been manifested. It's available. Come on. I love that. I want to join that fellowship of those people that have said yes to that. Okay, and so, so truly our fellowship is with God, is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So all the musicians know that you tune your instruments to the, to the standard. So now it's all electronic, I'm assuming. But, but you tune your instrument to, to the app, okay? And then if I tune my instrument properly to whatever standard, how does that work? Just whatever. Okay. And then Mike tunes his instrument and Deanna tunes her instrument. And all the musicians tune their instruments to the same standard. We're not tuning into each other, are we? Yeah, we used to do that. It's like, hey, play me an E and we'd all just tune in. To, to, but now it's all electronic. But when we come together in the same room, in the same place. Now we can play and it all sounds really good because it's all in tune with the same thing. So it's the same thing. You come in here and I'm not asking you. I'm not saying, hey, get in tune with me. Get in tune with Wagi. Get in tune with someone else in this room. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, listen, get in tune with God. And if we will all do that, when we come together, we will be in tune with each other. Get in fellowship with God, and then when we come together, we'll be in fellowship with each other. Man, that's exciting. 
Well, what's exciting about that? Well, the next verse is exciting. Look at this. And the things, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Wow. What things are you writing? Well, the things about fellowship with God and with each other, the things that are described in that passage is what we're going to learn about in this book. These things are written that your joy may be full. Okay, so joy, that's gladness. That's delight. Okay, if it were not truth that said that, okay, next PowerPoint slide, if it were not truth, we would think it was too good to be true. Because see, I bought that Big Mac. And all it did was make me chubby and give me an LDL cholesterol of 180. Okay, what in the world? It promised me joy, but it didn't result in joy. Man, I'm all about ready whip. But honestly, it's not very good for me, and it doesn't result in joy. And I've got over 1,000 friends on Facebook, but I can still be lonely. How does that work? And the world over the last 52 years has been bombarding me with promises of joy and I've gotten so used to being let down I can read a verse that says hey these things I write unto you that your joy may be full and I can just I can just read right past it don't do that I know McDonald's lied to you I know Coca-Cola is is lying to you but God's not lying to you and when you read a verse that talks about that your joy may be full, pay attention. So here's the application. Trust God. Don't trust McDonald's. They're lying. Okay. But God's not going to lie to you. See, you've been immunized to read a verse like this and to think, well, I, I know it's, it's probably possible for some spiritual person, but I know myself. I'll never attain. No, it's not what it says. Your joy may be full, and these things are written to you. It's available to you. Whosoever will. Well, will you? Okay. So listen, trust God. And, and listen to John didn't just make up stuff. John said, these things that I'm speaking to you are the things that I saw, the things that were manifested, the things that I heard. I'm declaring these things unto you. That's what I'm doing this morning. I'm just telling you what the book says. These things are written that your joy might be full. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so the invitation this morning, make sure you've seen, make sure you have eternal life. Then make sure that you're looking upon and handling the word of life. Make sure you're involved in discipleship. Make sure... Okay, when you start discipleship, you know, like, well, you know, you got your Bible and you're trying to figure out what page. By the time someone's done with those 18 lessons, they're flipping through their Bible. They know what it says. They're talking to their friends in a different way. They're able to witness effectively. Why? Because they've handled the word of life. Make sure you have accountability through discipleship, through some other means we are handling the word of life. And then the last invitation is this. Look, there is such a thing as fellowship. I would just invite you to really tune in to this fellowship series. Let's see what God says about it.
let's figure it out as a fellowship. Okay, so we are a fellowship. We have fellowship. Our fellowship is really what the, we'll figure that out as we go through. So small groups, we're going to break up into small groups. And here's our small group questions. Okay. Are you interested in full joy? Okay. What's, what's like, where's the hesitation coming from? Well, yeah, of course I am, but okay, listen, we, we need to figure that out. Do you have full joy? Do you want it? Are you willing to join the fellowship, a fellowship, this fellowship? Talk about that in your small groups. Do you want fellowship with God and with Christ and with others? Because honestly, some people, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we, we're just willing to settle for what the world offers. That's just being honest. I think we've probably all been there where we struggled with, well, I, I want fellowship with God, but as long as it doesn't cost me anything, I don't know. Like, we got to ask ourselves that. And then finally, are you willing to tune your life to the things above and then just join in with everyone else who's doing the same? You're not going to do it perfectly. I'm not going to do it perfectly, but man, it'll be a sweet symphony if we can all just start that process and be working together. So those are some things that you can work through in your, in your small groups and, and, um, you know, again, make sure, make sure you're saved. If, if you're not sure your small group leader can, can lead you to make sure that is the case, but let's pray. We'll wrap it up. And then, uh, like I said, we'll go to our small groups and then I'll just dismiss us with a prayer when we're done. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for your word. God, we want fellowship with you and the world's lied to us so many times. It's almost hard for us to believe that we can have full joy. Uh, but God, you're, you know, if you offer, if you're offering it, our answer is yes, Lord, we want that. Help us, Lord. We believe, help our unbelief. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.